We've all heard it before. It's who you know. Welcome to Social Capital, a weekly podcast that dives into social relationships and why the investment you put into them is so important. Your host, Lori Hybe, will connect with industry-leading professionals and dive into their networking experiences and expert advice. Everybody, Lori Hybe here. Welcome to the Social Capital Podcast. Our show notes are found at socialcapitalpodcast.com. To you, the listener, I want you to know that I appreciate you and I'm thrilled to have you here for another amazing episode. If there's ever anything that I can do to support you, please reach out. That being said, if you'd like to connect with me, LinkedIn is the channel that you're going to find me most active on. Just search for Lori Hybe. You can simply click the follow button as I post daily information about marketing strategy, tips, all podcast episodes, and upcoming events. If you'd like to connect, make sure to send a note with your connection request that references Social Capital. I can't wait to hear from you. Social Capital Podcast is sponsored by Keystone Click, a strategic digital marketing agency that believes in order to successfully market to your ideal customer, you have to first understand your customer. Learn more at keystoneclick.com. Today's guest is Nikki Garini. Nikki's passion is empowering leaders to challenge and expand their thinking in order to increase performance, well-being, and joy in their lives. She is a life and executive coach with over 10 years of experience helping individuals and organizations achieve remarkable results. Nikki will help you achieve your own power, live your purpose, and create the freedom to live the life that you want. She loves delicious food, traveling, and adventures with her husband, Michael, and dog, Pico de Gallo. Nikki, welcome to the show. Thanks, Lori. I'm really happy to be here. (laughs) I love your dog's name, (laughs) and I'm excited to have you here, too. (laughs) Oh, Oh, I do, too. It, It always makes everyone laugh, so I always stick it in my bio. I think it's perfect. Um, I know that you you love what you do, and a lot of people struggle with finding out what it is that they want to do. So what do you re- recommend to others? Yeah, I hear this often. I think you know most people can relate to that when they're fresh out of college or even earlier now. I was in a conversation with uh, one of my nieces who's only 14, and she's already grappling with what she wants to be when she grows up. So whether it's you know, trying to figure it out, what do I want to be? Um, Or people that are already established in careers, whether it's five years, 10, 15, or 20 years or more in, um, but want to explore whether they, you know, want to do something different or not. I'm a career changer myself. I made a decision that I needed my career to be something I'm passionate about. And I really struggled to figure out what I wanted to do. My background is in politics and government. I was deputy press secretary for a state official when I lived in Pennsylvania. And it was an amazing experience in education and you know, to see how the government works and be a part of it. Um, but I was deeply sad because I didn't have that fulfillment that I knew I really wanted. And not everyone needs to have that fulfillment or passion through their career but I knew that I wanted that. So I had hired a coach to help me figure out, you know, what I wanted to do. And after much exploration, I fell in love with coaching because I experienced and felt the exercises and tools and got the massive impact it had on me in my life. And there was a few things I had to take a look at a really hard look in the mirror 
Um, and I'd love to share a couple of those things, but I didn't know if you wanted to say anything in between. I don't want to just come on and rant. Oh, no, you're Did I fine. keep going? Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Um, so the first thing um, that I did, and it's the same work I do, whether you're, you know, in an organization or whether you're a, a private client, um, so a leader in an organization or a private client is really taking a look at the stories uh, that we tell ourselves and stories, meaning we take facts um, and we turn them into some kind of narrative. Um, and we live as if it's an actual truth, but it's not, it's a spin story. And these stories usually aren't very nice. Um, they're crappy. So uh, for me, it was like a mirror being held up and I had to look at myself and challenge that crappy, critical, disempowering story about who I was and who I wasn't or what I had done or not done in my life at that point. You know, like all the noise sure. that goes on in your head. So mm -hmm. it can start to sound like the truth or feel like the truth and we'll look for evidence of how it is the truth, but it really isn't. Um, it's based on fear to protect us. It's a coping mechanism. And I'm sure, I know you're into personal development too. So I'm sure you've heard of the old brain or the lizard brain. And it's there to, quote unquote, keep us safe in our little cave so we don't go out and get eaten. <laughs> so it helps us <laughs> yep, stay yep. in the status quo. Um, and so that was some of the work that I did. And I was blown away by it. Um, and clients usually are, too. Um, sometimes people will come and say, I know I'm in the way of myself. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know how to get out. Um, yeah, and sometimes they relate. have no idea. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. it's part of being human. I mean, we're all... Me too, every day, right? Yeah. So the second part of the process is taking ownership. So, um, you know, and what that means is that we are 100% responsible for our own experiences of life. And at that point, when I was a career changer, I had to take ownership on a more intensive level than I ever had before, which makes sense. Because when you think of, I know you're into hockey. So when you think of athletes and you think of the level of performance, that they have to, to fulfill to achieve something, um, everything just intensifies. So if you're going after a big goal or you're risking the status quo or shaking the boat or rocking the boat or coming out of the cave, um, there's a higher level experience that is required to take that ownership. So the question is, you know, do you want to do that? Do you have the courage or will you, are you willing to tap into the courage to create that? And I was at the time and usually clients by the time they hire me are. So, um, again, the definition is owning 100% of our own side of the streets. And the uh, hook is, and this is where people really get shocked, is it's not about judging or blaming yourself or others. And it's very human of us to get caught into judgment of either ourselves, back to those stories, um, or others, um, or blame. And it's just a low, lower level place to be. There's really nothing productive that comes out of that. So it's a way to elevate ourselves. Um, and when we're tasked with being 100% responsible for our own experiences of life, instead of focusing on the outside circumstances, what others do or don't do or what life offers or the weather of the day, all sorts of possibilities and creative pathways open up and your life can massively change. And so that leads me to the final, you know, key piece is when it comes to career, I think people 
or if it, if they're somebody who decides, you know what, I like what I do, but I'm going to find my passion outside of that, um, which is awesome that they've made that decision and they recognize that, is permission to have joy and fulfillment in our lives. Like We're not just here to run endless errands and grind. And, you know, of course, some chapters in life are going to require more of that than others. Um, but sometimes we can just get in a rut of that's all we do. And so I think you'd be surprised by how many people come to me with, you know, I don't know what lights me up. I don't know what brings me joy. And we do that work. And it's just as important as everything else. It's a must. I, I, wow. Yeah, I agree. And I can um, I can relate to a lot of what you're saying in just my own personal journey and a lot of different buckets. I don't even know where to start with some of that, but one of the things I think you'll find this quite entertaining. You're, you're talking about like this negative talk that goes in our head. Um, and so through some of the coaching that I've gone through, uh, you learn to kind of give it a name and, and tell it to shut up. Yeah. But I, yeah. <laughs> I, I call mine a drunken monkey, basically. Like, <laughs> you're drunk, go home. <laughs> so, um, but learning in that process to just realize that um, I am in control of the situation and I am in control of, you know, creating my own destiny has really allowed me to be who I am today and where I am today and, and build the path that I want to be um, and, and, you know, take, take the long road or the fast path, you know, whatever route I want to go. Um, based on the experiences that I want in life. And that's what I find brings me the most joy is having new experiences. Um, I think that's what makes me bolder and stronger and um, gives me greater perspective. Um, but it took me a yeah. long time to realize that. Yeah, I I totally get that. And I thank you for sharing that. It's so awesome because not only did you put drunk, but you put monkey, which is hilarious. And we can go into an entire another podcast. <laughs> I love that you did that. And I do that too with for myself and with clients because it brings some levity to it. Uh-huh. Like I said, you know, we look at any, what neuroscience is saying at this point is, you know, our brains are wired for fight or flight. Like you're never going to outsmart that in terms of, you know, you don't have to live your life from that place is essentially the work that I think you and I are talking about, but it's always going to be there. It's a part of our humanity. So yeah, you can tell it to shut up sometimes, but you can also just, you know, spoiler alert, know that it will likely rear its ugly head when you're about to take a risk or rock the boat or do something different. And it's okay. You know, it's just, it's just a part of who we are. So let's move on to the next question here. Um, as we're talking about just the passion in, in the business space, but obviously we want to understand ourselves and individuals. And a big thing that people struggle with is that work-life balance tip. So um, what what advice do you have to offer in that space? Yeah, this is a hot client issue. I mean, not even just with my clients, it's everywhere. And I think everyone's trying to crack the nut and figure it out. Um, so I do see it in all fields and industries. I think if you're an entrepreneur, the irony is most likely you choose to, you chose to do that to be your own boss and have that autonomy. And then most of us at some point fall into that black hole of being a workaholic, which is the lesson that I learned, which I'm no longer, by the way. 
Um, but if, you know, same thing with an executive leadership role, um, time and time again, I just hear people say, yeah, I took a role or I took a promotion or I want to do it, but my health and my family time and my personal life is suffering. So it's, it's a widespread issue. And, um, I would say first step is that balance, like what that means to you back to what we were talking about with joy, it has to be defined by you and you alone, understanding yourself and how you tick. This isn't something that you can get from outside of you or, or that comparison that we tend to do as people, um, because the answer is truly within you, right? Like identifying your own needs from a holistic perspective. And it's where we have to distinguish between, I'm sure you've heard the expression, don't should on yourself, you know, should in yeah, quotes, yep, yep. <laughs> um, you know, distinguish between that, right? And it's slippery slope because there are expectations from our society. There are expectations, whether, you know, depending on the role in your family, different cultural expectations. And that takes a lot of discernment, like weeding through that, right? And I know it sounds like you did that for yourself to figure out what you needed. And same with me. And it's an ongoing thing. All of this is ongoing. Yeah, All I was the gonna stuff say, I'm talking I mean, about I, I've today. invested time into this, but I'm by no means have a perfect plan fleshed out. This isn't an evolution. I love that. It's so is it's organic, it's an evolution. And as we go through different stages and phases of our lives, we're gonna need to revisit it. And um, so I like to say it's sort of like, you know, taking a shower or you know, washing your hair. You're gonna these are things you're going to do on a regular basis. Um, maybe you don't deep dive as often as that, but it's it's an evolution. That's a perfect word. So when we do figure out what we are shooting on ourselves, um, then we can start to tackle that and remove it off our plate and bring more things in that bring us that energy and that light us up. I was doing a retreat a few years ago with a, a yoga teacher friend of mine. We were hosting a retreat. And we had about 10 people sitting in a circle. We were doing, we would do yoga classes. And then we did the coaching portion of where I walked them through exercises. And I was doing, you know, a, a design of, you know, the future that they want and walking them through goals. And we had to stop. And I just constantly heard like people just couldn't get past the difference between what they should do and what they wanted to do. So I just chucked the exercise and had everyone take out a piece of paper and I was like, on the left-hand column, we're going to write what you think you should be doing. On the right-hand column, we're going to write what you want to be doing. And don't be scared. Like, it's just a brainstorm. You're not signing off on, like, you have to do this. But I needed to help them, like, time out because it was so collapsed into each other for them. They, they hadn't really had the space and time to do that. So it's really powerful. Yeah, um, I, and so, can see that for sure. oh, go ahead. Oh, I just, I it was acknowledging that, yeah. Yeah, that's a good one to just, you know, self-check on a regular basis. But um, so the second part of work-life balance is people have wacky relationships with time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've been there. Sometimes I go there on the, on the most part, I think I've, I've done really well. Um, but I hear it's usually, you know, some crappy mindset that somebody has about time. So there's not enough or time is my enemy. Um, there's not enough hours in a day. I'm sure every listener has felt that um, or heard someone say that or had some kind of disempowering way of relating to it. But we know it's never really about time. Everybody gets the same 24 hours in a day. And I don't mean to minimize the exhaustion or frustration. That's not my intention. 
my intention is to create access to like, okay, if we really take a look in the mirror here, if we look more deeply, if we dig, uh, we're going to find why your time is the way it is for you. And it could be something like you don't say no, or you don't have boundaries in place, or you have boundaries, but you don't keep them. Um, or you take too much on and you're not realistic, or you don't ask for help. Like there's a list of a hundred things I can go into. <laughs> um, so I think that's really powerful too. And then lastly, I would say, um, especially women, and it's not that men don't come with this, but I hear it a lot, is women tend to confuse being selfish with self-care um, slash self-preservation. So they say they don't have the work-life balance because they're caregivers to everyone. And yet the deeper issue is they feel selfish if they want to just do stuff for themselves or put themselves first. And we do a lot of retraining of what it means to take care of yourself and the difference of being selfish, which I help them define as um, doing something or taking action, repeated action or an action that takes no consideration on how it will impact others. And it's very rare when I hold that definition up to them that they will actually say, oh, okay, yeah, I am being selfish, but it's a real fear of theirs. And, um, and, you know, they avoid that self-care because they don't want anyone they care about to be hurt. So that's really fascinating. And you have so much to unpack there, but I have so many more questions to ask you. <laughs> <laughs> Podcast uh, number two. <laughs> right? Three, four. I feel like each question is its own show right now. Um, you know, in your bio and just the conversation that we've been having and the work that you do, you obviously are extremely invested in seeing people grow um, but I've been here myself. Sometimes people get stuck and they don't even know where to begin and they, they're frozen. What do you say to those people? Yeah, it's a hard place to be. It's painful. It's really, it's really painful and it can be really frustrating. And so I would say there isn't a one size fits all. So maybe some of these questions I'm putting out here could be helpful. So my question would be, are you wanting to grow? Are you ready to get unstuck? Because there's really no faking that, right? Like you're either ready and you need to make a change, which is scary. And it's going to ignite your fight or flight system. You're going to be a drunk monkey or some version of that. And are you willing to hang in there to, to make the change that life is bringing to you? Otherwise, you wouldn't be feeling stuck. If you're feeling stuck, there's a desire uh, for something else or the pain, and I'm using pain in quotes, like the discomfort or frustration or pain of situation you're in isn't working for you anymore. So, you know, where do you want to grow? Do you want to grow emotionally? Do you want to grow as a leader? Do you want to grow in your leadership style or build a new skill set? Are you trying to attack a brand new goal? And so, you know, those are the questions that I think is a good place to start. I would say a couple of other things that I think are really important is that, you know, um, we all do have blind spots. So whether it's a coach or a therapist or a trusted friend or your partner, a colleague at work, you know, asking for that feedback, asking them, what do you see? Um, because we, it, it is very hard to see the water you swim in, right? Like it's hard to, you know, frog doesn't, remember that frog boiling story of frog, you just took a frog in lukewarm water it won't even know it's boiling yeah, until yep, it's yep. actually boiling. Awful, awful example. But like, I think that's my, my point is that it's hard to yep. see. And so, you know, how are you getting to your blind spots is the next question I have. And then the last thing I will say is stuck is an experience. 
it's a feeling and an experience and it's not a reality. It's not the truth. Right. And so it's more of a feeling. Um, so you always have choices. You always have options and they might not be the choices or options you like, <laughs> you know, but they're there. Sure. Yep. And sometimes people are stuck because it's a lack of clarity and getting to clarity is a scary place because it's the thing that takes you off the, I don't know fence. And you can live on that sense of, I'm not sure. I don't know. I think for years, and maybe there's a decision that really needs to be made or a new job or leaving a relationship and getting clear means it's like danger zone, right? Like you're going to have to take some kind of risk. So I have put clients on an, I don't know diet where they are literally not allowed to say, I don't know. (laughs) And like, (laughs) sometimes it's okay to not know. It's actually a great space to leave the brain in, but I'm talking about like constantly answering. I don't know. Or like I said earlier for years, like that's, that's pushing it, right? Like you're just not, you're not good. That's part of the being stuck for some people. So I would say, and I know I brought up a therapist before, and I would say a lot of people do wonder like, well, when do I hire a coach? When do I hire a therapist? You know, how does that work? And so therapy is an amazing resource and it focuses on the past with the intention to heal or get a diagnosis or or connect the dots. We all have families of origin and however we were taught to communicate or develop relationships is how we're going to show up in the workforce or in our careers. So I think it's great and really important um, for people to do that work. And you can look at coaching as present forward. So, okay, maybe you've done therapy, maybe you haven't, you never had a need for it, but it's like, what are the present beliefs or paradigms that I need to work on that might be in my way or behaviors? So um, their paradigms or beliefs or behaviors that might've become habituated from the past but it recognizes it's present moving forward. So it's like uh, accountability and personal training for your mindset. Yeah. Wow. Again, just so much to unpack there, but you got to keep moving on. And I love, I love everything that you're saying. Obviously this is why we were connected because someone identified that um, we would have an amazing, fabulous conversation together. Um, (laughs) But right now um, it's going to be a great time to pause for a quick message from our sponsor. Social Capital is sponsored by Keystone Click. Located in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Keystone Click is a strategic digital marketing agency focused on helping their clients generate and nurture opportunities online. For Social Capital listeners, they've created an awesome Guide to Profits booklet featuring 42 tips on how to build brand awareness, generate leads, and nurture those opportunities online. Visit keystoneclick.com backslash profits to download your own guide today. Nikki, so let's let's talk about networking a little bit. That is um, my my overall intent of the show. We can definitely keep co- conversing about all the other fun things that we've been talking about. But when some people hear that word, um, it evokes fear, hesitation, uncertainty. And my goal is to really help alleviate that fear by having um, you share with our listeners one of your most successful or favorite networking experiences that you've had. So. Um, anything you'd like to share? Yes, I would love to. And I think you hit the nail on the head with networking. I mean, it is most people dread it <laughs> unless you're super, super social and a super people person. So um, I'm I'm glad you're holding the torch for the uh, and creating a platform for it. And I love that we can talk about it because it is such a huge part of 
um, being successful. Right. Mm -hmm. So, absolutely. um, I do. I, I, well, I think how we got connected is a good success story. So, um, (laughs) (laughs) during the pandemic, I, um, you know, was ready to, um, expand my network and I started just jotting down movers and shakers and people who I'd been connected to through life that I wanted to know more about, or, um, I felt like they believed in me or we had enough of a connection, um, where I believed in them. I thought they were smart. I, I admired them for some reason. And then, um, slowly just worked my way down the list. So one of them was our friend that we had in common mm-hmm. and had some awesome conversations, uh, with her and, um, also asked her, um, you know, I felt like we were at the point we've known each other now for several years, even though there had been big gaps of time, we stayed in touch. And, um, so, you know, I, I said, here's, I feel like you're someone that believes in me and gets me and vice versa. And I'd love to, if you were willing to connect me to people in your network, um, that you think are stellar people. Um, I'm looking for long-term relationships and connections. Um, and if we don't vibe, that's fine. You know, I'm, I'm really looking to see if there's a spark there, <laughs> if there's a, a connection that we can help each other and build and grow on. Cause I agree with you. I feel like you're only as strong as your network. And um, she connected the two of us. And then um, I knew you had a podcast. I had listened to several of the episodes and we got on and we were just chat chatting and you asked if I wanted to be on your podcast. <laughs> I, was <amazing. laughs> I was totally shocked. I had no idea how you picked your guest or, you know, how it all worked. And it was such a delightful surprise and experience. And I'm excited to dig into your business and, and our, our love of development um, together and see where this goes. Cool. That's fun. We'll have to well we'll we'll have to let Katie know to listen to this episode. Then <laughs> we were talking about you, Katie. <laughs> Hi. Yeah, <laughs> she's an amazing human being. I've known her for quite some time, um, and and she's just electric, extremely intelligent, and fascinating. And I love that she's connected us. So thank you, Katie. Me too. And she has an amazing heart. Um, she, how she met my family is at a children's hospital. Cause I have a nephew that has a congenital heart condition. So, I mean, it just goes to show you, like you make your connections, you keep people in your life and like, it just grows. It's amazing. Oh it, yeah. A hundred percent. It's, that's what it's all about. And, and that actually carries into my next question here is how do you stay in front of and nurture those relationships and that network and that community that you create? I was actually hoping to hear from you because I feel like you're the guru on that. But I will answer <laughs> that question. But I do sure. want to hear from you at some point, whether it's on the podcast or, or later. Um, I, I mean, I think that, it, you know, in person is such a special experience. And because of remote working and the pandemic that we've had, um, and people's lives, like we talk about work-life balance, I think a mix of both of, you know, if you need to do a quick LinkedIn message or, you know, um, to set up a conversation, I think that's a nice thing to do. I think, you know, if you have a newsletter or um, you just pick up the phone and leave someone a message when you're thinking of them, I think it can be really overwhelming and intimidating 
of, you know, oh, how do I nurture my network, right? That feels like a big mountain to climb. Um, but I think that, you know, there's ways to have it be genuine and fit into your life in a balanced way. Um, I think just thinking about, how, you know, just like you saying that out loud for the audience is like having them ask themselves, how do I nurture my network? Am I doing that? <laughs> I need to get on it. So yeah, I do. I, I, I just do my best to keep up. And sometimes I do better than others. Well, um, okay. I'm going to, I'm going to share cause you're intrigued by my, my perspective or how I'd answer this question. And I, yes, I have, I have, Hold on. I have, <laughs> you know, you, it is being recorded so you can listen to it afterwards. Oh, that's true. That's true. <laughs> um, <laughs> if, if I, I think you're, and I'm probably going to get strong, but you're like episode number 260 something. So I've, I've had the amazing honor and pleasure to interview a gazillion fabulous professionals and asking them these topics, these questions around networking and have gotten a lot of insight and perspective. But I think that what's really important when it comes to nurturing your network is that you have to get very clear on what it is that you're trying to achieve first off, because you can't just nurture every single person that you know and stay in front of every single person that you know, whether it's a, a mm. personal initiative or a professional initiative, you know, you have to identify mm -hmm. what, what is the goal and the intention, um, with that you're trying to achieve. And then you, you know, there's a mix of tools and resources that are available to us to, um, take advantage of the one to many approach. And that's where, like you said, the newsletter or social media, um, you know, so you're, or in the, in the real sense, you know, having a, um, hosting a networking event, or one of the things I always like to say to my husband is the reason we host parties is because then we can see all of our friends at once <laughs> instead of, you know, trying to schedule 20 different dinner dates with couples. Um, so the one to many approach is a great way to stay in front of people. But the other thing, and, and this is something that I learned just by having some amazing conversations on this show. And I've been really intentional about this is if someone's name pops in my head for whatever reason, I'll just send them a little note, whether it's a text or a ping on LinkedIn, just, Hey, how's it going? I've been thinking about you, you know, just, just a little, let them know that I was thinking about them and, and it doesn't have to be scary. It doesn't have to be intimidating. And, and if you think about that, think about when you're on the receiving end of that. Someone that you haven't yeah. talked to in a while is reaching out to you. Doesn't that make you feel good? Yes. It so does. why would you be afraid of extending that arm out and letting someone else know that, hey, your name just popped in my head and I just figured I'd, you know, ping you. Let me know if you want to grab lunch or do you have time for a quick 10 minute call or even just call that person out of the blue and say, just want to say hi. Um. Sometimes it's as simple as, you know, I'll, I'll send um, just a little heart emoji to my mom to let her know that I was thinking about her. You know, I don't have a whole mm -hmm. message, but it's just Sweet. a little, it's a little ping that just your name popped in my head. Um, and, you know, Facebook and even LinkedIn now, I'm a little annoyed that with LinkedIn doing this with the birthday, I love the Facebook birthday thing. Like I, I intentionally go out of my way to let everyone know that's on my Facebook that I thought of them and, and say happy birthday. Cause again, being on the receiving end of that, I feel so much love. <laughs> so mm -hmm. I want to give the love too. 
Um, so it's a it's a mix of the the one to many and being a valuable resource to your network, um, understanding what the goals that you're trying to achieve, but also those one to one and and it doesn't have to be overcomplicated. It's the simple touch that's probably going to have a way greater impact than you mm -hmm. trying to overthink something and make a, a big elaborate impression. Agreed. So there's my answer. Love it. Love it. <laughs> Agreed. And I did take notes. Okay. I, I take notes for a living. So I, 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 I write really fast. <laughs> okay. Um, what advice would you offer the business professionals really looking to grow their network? I think what you said about hosting events, I don't, I think just because you're, you know, possibly new at networking doesn't mean you can't create a meetup or create some kind of themed event that would bring, like you said, back to your, what are you trying to achieve? Mm -hmm. That would bring people together, um, whether it's a specific industry related, like industries are a great place to start because they'll bring people with a commonality together. Um, but I think you can even make it fun too. Like if you have a specific sport um, and you bring 50 people together, you're likely to find someone in that, you know, group that um, you could make a great connection to. I think just going for it, like you said, you know, take the risk, reach out, send a note, ask someone for coffee. You can even have it on your goals, you know, once a week ask someone to coffee or once a month, right? So it's, sure. you can track it and see, you know, am I doing it or is this just a nice lofty thought in my head? Um, and like you said, be a valuable resource. I think um, asking how you can help um, after you make the connection, like, is there, and you really truly get to know the person and what they're all about is, you know, always offering that if I can, like you say, if I can ever be a resource or help to you, yep. you know, let me know. It feels so good to help someone out. And I think it, it, like you said, that valuable, like providing that value. And I think people might hear that and wonder like, but I don't know what value I have to provide. How do I know? Um, you will find out because someone will have a need and you'll either have experienced it or you can make a referral or you can tell them about how it went when you had that particular thing happen. Um, yeah, that's, that's my advice. I think that's very, um, very sound advice. And it definitely makes sense. It just, it's more doing than thinking about it. And, and, yes. um, and, you know, to go back to something we we're talking about early on in the show about if you're lost or stuck, I, I've personally found one of the best ways for me to start getting unstuck is to help someone else, because then I'm not oh, yeah. focusing on me. And then it's where you're starting to peel back, like, oh, wow, I actually enjoyed, I found joy in and helping someone else get satisfaction out of something or helping them solve a problem, whatever it was. Um, but that at the end of the day, it's, it's a win-win because you feel good. And that person is, has got some sort of victory on some level. Agreed. And it gets that energy moving. Mm -hmm. You totally. get in motion. <laughs> All right. I'm going to give you the opportunity to interview me here. What is something you'd like to ask me? I would like to know, being the Batman fan that you seem to be, <laughs> okay. what you what you thought of the new Batman movie? Um, 
goodness, there's so many new Batman movies nowadays. I feel like I don't I don't think I've seen it yet. The most recent one, honestly, I haven't. So um, I okay, know that will that you sounds circle very, back? Yeah. <laughs> to me and let me know what your thoughts are. Okay, so I'll reframe the question. How, okay. okay, so how did you get into collecting Batman memorabilia? <laughs> oh man, you know, I don't I don't even remember. I just the but the first memory I have well, I, I had like Batman pajamas when I was a kid. And I, I don't even really know like how I got into this. I should really ask my mom like how why and how did that happen when I was a kid? Um, I remember when I was in high school, you know, I had the Jansport backpack and everyone would, you know, color things with white out or whatever on them. And I had a big Batman on mine. Um, and just over time, um, I would say, you know, I started buying Batman things like more old school memorabilia, you know, like the Adam West type stuff. Um, some really cool old lunch boxes I have um, with Batman stuff on it. And then, and then, and this is something I've learned that I don't like telling people what I'm into anymore because then that's the thing that they always buy you. <laughs> and I'm very much a, a minimalist. So the bulk of my collection grew because that was what people were gifting me over time. Oh, I see. Yes. Yeah, so and I, now we've just <laughs> spilled your secret out to all your viewers. Yeah, no, that one's that one's <laughs> wide open. Everyone on this planet okay. that has any sense of knowing me, they know that I like Batman. Um, love Batman. Like I have a, I have a Batman don't send any more gifts. Yeah. No yeah, more Batman gifts. <laughs> Batman tattoos. I have a Batman emblem on my car. Um it is have you ever uh, dressed up as Batman for Halloween? I mean, that's a silly question. <laughs> I'll take that as a yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I need a photo, please. <laughs> not happening. <laughs> um, okay. Got to get back on track here. Um <laughs> Yeah. Anyways, there's a lot of things that I, I enjoy. I have a lot of passions. Um, and that I, I just learned to not tell people anymore because I don't need, I don't need a lot of memorabilia. I just enjoy the experiences and, and pleasures secretly in that sense. So that was a fun question. You. Thank you. <laughs> oh, you're welcome. I had fun when I was reading it. I was like, oh, that's awesome. My <laughs> husband wants to go to the new Batman movie. Uh, like every, ever since, I don't know how many weeks it's been out for and he keeps begging me and I'm like, okay, okay. And then I saw it on there and I'm like, ooh, yeah. We're going to talk yeah, about Batman. I, yeah, <laughs> I, I haven't seen it yet. Um, I, I've been told it was good though. So that's- I did hear it, it was good. Yeah, of course, you know, if a friend goes and sees it, they have to tell me right away that they saw it. So- <laughs> Of course. Um, it's, well, we'll be the judges of that if it's actually good or not based on yeah, our own well, criteria. Absolutely. Um, well, that was a fun question. Thank you. So any final word or advice to offer our listeners with regards to growing and supporting your network? Besides watching Batman, no, I think, <laughs> I think we're good. Okay, great. Um, I hear you've got an offer for our listeners. You want to talk about that a little bit? Yes. If anybody has been moved or inspired to further their own development in any way, I would love to offer um, your listeners 
a 30 minute complimentary, you know, coaching session where they can take some time to reflect on some of the things that may have opened up during this podcast. And um, of course it's confidential and it's professional and um, it's a way that I market, you know, to people. So um, it's a way for me to share what I do. And I know that people will leave with tremendous value. So there's no pressure to, you know, take on a coaching package or anything like that. Um, But I know it will be a great experience. So if, you know, a listener wants this, um, just reference social capital, but they were listening to the podcast and um, we'll set it up. Love it. All right. We'll include that information in the show notes for sure. As well as um, what is the best way for people to get in touch with you if they're interested in reaching out? Um, It honestly does not matter to me. There's um, on my website, there's a form that they can fill out and I think you're going to stick it in the notes anyway. Yep. Yep. Um, There's also Instagram. You can message me, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter. I'm on them all. Um, My handle is Nikki Gorini, N-I-C-K-I-G-O-R-I-N-I. And we can just get connected there and then we'll um, we'll go from there. Awesome. Well, you know what? This was super fun. I don't think I've laughed as hard as this episode ever. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for bringing some smiles and chuckles. Um, Yeah, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. And I just love that the fact that I got here was my, my favorite networking story. So <laughs> I love being great. here. I love what you do. And I look forward to our chat. Absolutely. All right. This wraps up our episode of Social Capital. Huge thank you to Nikki for taking the time to connect with us. As mentioned before, let's connect on LinkedIn. I'm definitely looking to hearing from you. And I really hope that you enjoyed today's show. Most importantly, I want you to go reach out and connect with someone. Reconnect with someone from your past or find someone new that you'd like to connect with. That's what it's all about. Go build those relationships. That's all for this episode of the Social Capital Podcast. Visit socialcapitalpodcast.com for show notes, more episodes, and to see who will be on the show next. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next episode.